0: It's me. It's just me. It's that OSFD Superflex dude here with some standard operating procedures for week eight of the NFL and fantasy seasons. And I'm on a solo mission here. So, kind of a good news, bad news proposition for you for this week's SOPs. On one hand, this should be fairly quick, fairly concise. On the other hand, though, you don't have uh, anybody to. Uh, To push back on anything that I say. You don't have any contradicting opinions. Um, It's it's just me. It's just that old SFD getting to say whatever the hell I want. So we're going to miss Swags this week for that reason. uh, Among others, of course. But he'll be back next week, no doubt. Just uh, conflicting schedules. So, you get me. Here we go. Make sure these players are rostered. In your super flex leagues, I'm going to give you one from every position, and I think that's going to be the goal uh, going forward. So, at quarterback, Bailey Zappi. Who, so, Mac Jones comes back from an injury, starts a game against the Chicago Bears on Monday night, and uh, in the second quarter is pulled due to ineffectiveness. Bailey Zappi comes in two touchdowns later. The Patriots actually had the lead for a minute, and then, uh, you know, from there, I mean, nothing else was accomplished, but far more effective offensively with Bailey Zappi at quarterback. And we kind of talked about this last week, the possibility of a quarterback controversy in New England, and I just think that we're getting closer and closer to that. This might not even be a controversy much longer. This might just be Bailey Zappi's job. So, Mac Jones uh, is a a little bit of a not quite. We're not quite dropping Mac Jones just yet. I think that you still, you know, I think you probably still want to hold on to both guys for the moment. But it sure looks like it's trending towards Bailey Zappi taking that job completely. Isaiah Pacheco. I think that if he wasn't already rostered in your league, the second that Ian Rappaport. Reported that Isaiah Pacheco is taking over as the feature back, the lead back, the starter, quote unquote, in Kansas City. I think somebody probably ran to your waivers and picked up Isaiah Pacheco if he was there. So, very unlikely that he's available, but just make sure. Make sure that he's on a roster. And if he's not, put him on yours. He should already be on yours, though. Uh, this has been an Isaiah Pacheco podcast for <laughs> for the last several months. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it been part of our analysis here to uh, get Isaiah Pacheco on your rosters. George Pickens, a wide receiver. And, again, most likely rostered, just in those shallower redraft leagues. Just make sure that he's on a roster somewhere. He's just kind of stepping up more and more, taking on a bigger uh, a bigger role for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And at this point, especially with uh, Kenny Pickett at quarterback, George Pickens seems to be the preferred target, even over Deontay Johnson at this point. So George Pickens is a guy that you definitely want uh, on uh, – in your in your lineup, if he happens to still be available, and then finally Mike Jacecki, somebody that was left for dead, I believe we even had him on a uh, an episode of the SOPs as a drop candidate at one point, but now you're kind of getting, uh, you you know we're we're starting to get tight end one type of volume from Mike Jacecki, which is a pretty big deal. Now, the, the one thing that doesn't change is our analysis over the last few weeks has been pretty staunchly opposed to uh, prioritizing tight end. Like the idea that you can fix the tight end position. The idea that you can find a tight end who is just going to completely solve all of your problems at tight end. It, it who's not named Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews you know it just it it doesn't really seem to exist and it's kind of not worth chasing but i mean if if that's kind of what you're looking for if you don't want to play the streamer game uh which is you know which is really kind of what we're advocating for on this show for the most part still going to give you options and mike jassiki right now is looks like one of those guys who could be uh pretty constantly pretty frequently involved for the Miami Dolphins. Now you get Tua back, you've got that offense functioning at you know at, at uh optimal levels now. And uh that includes Mike Gesicki getting seven targets. Um third best on the team, I believe, second or third uh for the week. So you know, it, it it if he's gonna be the third option after Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in a very good offense led by a very good young quarterback in Tua. You know, that's 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 where you might might be able to, you know, to find a way here with Mike Jusicky to just set it and forget it at tight end. I still wouldn't count on it, but you can take a shot with him. And say, you know what? If if he plays well, and he's got a great matchup this week uh, against the uh, fourth best, fourth or fifth, fifth best, uh, the fifth best matchup possible for a tight end. So it's it, it, there's there's a lot to like about Mike Jacecki for the week. Give him a shot for the week. And then you can probably keep rolling with him if you wanted to stop streaming and just kind of land on one person. There's a chance that Mike Jasicki solves that issue for you. All right, on to waiver priorities for the week. Some players to prioritize on waivers. And again, just kind of broken down by position, and then we'll talk a little bit about priorities. But at quarterback, let's start with two guys just named starter. Uh, first of all, PJ Walker for Carolina, not a huge surprise, really played pretty well in the upset victory over Tampa Bay. Uh, and above all else, I mean he finally he unlocks DJ Moore. Uh, and I mean to get the win over Tom Brady, get the win in a division um, you know against you know a team that just won the Super Bowl two seasons ago. Um, and do that without Christian McCaffrey. You just traded him away. Get it done with, you know, Devonta Foreman or Donta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard at running back. Um, and then to to utilize DJ Moore the way he did, it was really kind of no surprise that, uh, that uh, uh, Steve Wilkes um, was willing to uh, commit to PJ Walker as the quarter, starting quarterback going forward, saying even that if Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are both healthy, P.J. Walker has earned the the opportunity to start. So that one, not a big surprise after the performance uh, that he put on this weekend. The one that was a big surprise, certainly to me, maybe you guys saw this coming. I did not. Sam Ellinger is going to be the starting quarterback for the remainder of the season, apparently, for the Indianapolis Colts. Nick Foles is going to be the backup. Now, we know that Matt Ryan is dealing with a shoulder injury. It doesn't sound like that has anything to do with this. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, maybe they elevate him back to QB2 uh, when he's healthy, but it sure sounds like they're just done. Sounds like they're just out. And it sounds like the plan is see what you've got with Sam Ellinger. You're kind of headed for an earlier pick in uh, in this 2023 rookie class that's going to be pretty heavy on quarterbacks. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to pick one up. So you need to know what you've got with this young quarterback and make a determination from there. Are we going to go with him? is our, you know, our seventh starter in seven seasons, eighth starter in eight seasons, whatever it is. Or uh are we moving on to yet another uh rookie quarterback and hopefully just get this thing solved once and for all. So it's 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 a very uh very very forward-thinking strategy by the Indianapolis Colts. And it's not one that we're used to seeing NFL coaching staffs make. So that's what made that one very surprising. But to me, Sam Ellinger is as actually probably the higher priority over PJ Walker for a number of reasons. Uh, number one being that he's probably going to have the longer leash. Number two being that he's just got better weapons uh, to you know at his disposal. So I think Sam Ellinger is actually going to end up being a top priority this week for your waivers in uh, Superflex leagues. Um, obviously, those one quarterback leagues, you've got better options available. But in Superflex leagues, um, particularly Redraft and then Dynasty, he's probably available on a lot of waivers as well. And I think that he's worth prioritizing um, if, if you're competing in any fashion. Uh, but PJ Walker also a good option, uh, particularly in redraft leagues. Uh, the 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 problem being that you know if if this comes back down to earth for PJ Walker, I think that you're right back to Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold possibly makes it into the mix. So yeah, there's 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 some there's an opportunity at the moment for PJ Walker, but I don't think that it's stable enough. That I'm going to highly prioritize him Sam Ellinger though I think we're probably looking at close to a 50% Remaining bid You know what I'm going to bump that up (laughs) I'm actually going to bump that up a little bit Probably more like 75% Because again The plan is to start him For the rest of the season And I don't think that it matters What the outcome is I think that they're going to take a long hard look as Sam Ellinger, regardless, if he loses every single game for the rest of the season, they at least gain some information. So it was still a worthwhile investment in time. So the fact that you're getting a fantasy football starter for the rest of the season, as long as he's able to stay healthy, is worth a significant amount of fab in a superflex league. So Ellinger, I think, is the he's the top priority this week, and I think that you consider a a seventy five percent bid on him if if you need quarterback help. And at this point in the season, with the way these guys are playing, who doesn't <laughs> who doesn't need a little bit of help? So Sam Ellinger is uh, is going to be your guy. But some running backs to consider: Michael Carter uh, of. Obviously, James Robinson now traded to the New York Jets. Um, it kind of muddies the waters. I do think that people are going to over uh, overestimate uh, the um, the usage that James Robinson is likely to get, and I think they're going to underestimate Michael Carter. Keep in mind that Michael Carter was the feature back. In a very similar, the same basic offense in 2021. So James Robinson very well could just be a depth move for them. They could still be looking at Michael Carter as the top option. He almost, he probably belongs more next week, this week uh, after the James Robinson trade. But uh, we're we're gonna keep him as a waiver priority for now because I do think that he would be worth prioritizing is the likely 1A to James Robinson's 1B in that New York Jets offense. Um, Gus Edwards, uh, <laughs> do I, I I'm going to talk about Baltimore, um, soon enough, soon enough. So we're going to, we're just going to gloss over that one, but Gus Edwards gets in the end zone twice, looks to be the lead back, whatever that means in Baltimore, uh, for the moment. So he's, he's, He's somebody that, first of all, if you're interested, you're going to have to pay up. Um, second, he is likely available in a lot of uh, redraft leagues. So we're going to make him a priority here, but I'm going to tell you why he's a low priority for me here in a few minutes. Latavius Murray in Denver. So Mike Boone injured. Melvin Gordon's horrible. You're kind of down to Latavius Murray took over the lead back job uh about halfway through the game against the new york jets he's the running back who gets into the end zone they use him down around the goal line as the hammer just kind of looks like he's going he's the most likely to get the majority of the work going forward for the broncos donta foreman and chuba hubbard both for carolina uh to me donta foreman is still the higher priority but I think that you can also consider Chuba Hubbard as well. The, the analysis all along has been that Chuba Hubbard does everything that Christian McCaffrey does, did, for the Carolina Panthers. Not nearly as well, not as effectively, sure. But uh, he still, he does, you know, he's the better pass catcher. He's the, you know, the, the more of the speed guy, more of the... Uh, you know, get out in space and and make people miss type of guy. Foreman is just a run between the tackles hammer. He's the medicine ball. Uh, so, it it but the way this kind of played out, Deonta Foreman still involved in the passing game. Um, it got more and more involved as the game went along, especially and and it very well could be game script. This is something else that we're going to have to talk about uh, at some point this week if it's not on this episode it's coming very soon Uh, but one thing that uh, we probably need to look at a little bit more is game script and we probably need to think a little bit more about game script for uh, the running back position but so I won't I won't make this too strong of a recommend recommendation right now with Donta Foreman but at the moment it looks like he's likely your lead back in Carolina. With Chuba Hubbard, also is a a good viable option in PPR leagues, and then finally T- Tyler Algier uh, is the uh, ends up being the lead back for Atlanta. Gets in the end zone, um, first career touchdown, I believe. So um, with uh, and that's with Cordero Patterson still unavailable. So. <laughs> It 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 feels like a really good week for waiver running backs with names like Gus Edwards, Dante Form, and Tyler Algier, and I think there's a lot of fool's gold here. Last week we just really didn't have very many names at any position, particularly at running back. Though I think we only had one name. And it was a guy who ended up being a, a cut candidate when we found out it was Deion Jackson. When we found out that Jonathan Taylor was healthy, gonna start the game for the Colts. All of a sudden, you know, Deion Jackson is is at the very end of your bench and uh, eligible to be cut. So <laughs> we've got a much deeper group of running backs this week to target. But to me, I think that there's a lot here that you want to be very careful about. I think there's a lot of minefield here. Uh, I think there's several landmines. And like I said, we'll talk about Baltimore here in a second. When we get to next week, this week, I'm going to talk more about Gus Edwards. Uh, But Donta Foreman, you know, splitting that work with Chuba Hubbard and my my theory here is just you're gonna see a lot more negative game scripts and positive game scripts for the Carolina Panthers both for the running backs and for the offense overall I think you're gonna see a lot more game scripts where they're playing from behind where they're chasing points you know where they're less effective running the ball and have to rely more on the passing game that's the most likely scenario this is very possibly the worst roster in the NFL right now. So the idea that they're going to be as competitive as they were uh, this weekend, you know, every single week is very, very hard to believe. (laughs) Uh, I I would not make that bet. And my curiosity would be when you are in a negative game script, when you're chasing points, when you're playing from behind – how much is Dante Foreman involved, and how much is Chuba Hubbard involved, and my theory being that Chuba Hubbard maybe gets a little bit more involved um, in that type of game script, and then Tyler Algier, again, landmine, because Cordero Patterson is due back in uh, week nine, so you get one more week out of Tyler Algier, now that's still worth something, that's still a You know, that's still a a flex level start for you, but you don't want to prioritize a a player that you're only going to get for one more week. You don't want to throw a bunch of fab at a player that you're only going to get for this one more week. So, you know, these all become pretty low priorities to me. The guys that I think are the higher priorities are Latavius Murray and Michael Carter. I think those are actual starters. Probably for the rest of the season for your rosters. I I, I you know, I think they're starters for their NFL teams, that is. And I think that they're going to end up being the cheapest guys. I, because I think that people are going to prioritize Gus Edwards. People are going to prioritize Donta Foreman. People are certainly going to prioritize T- uh, Tyler Algier after the game he just had as well. So... You know, I think that uh, I, I think that you can put a little bit of fab on any one of these guys, and you're going you're going to get some startable weeks from them. But I think that if you put a smaller bid on them and you miss out, I think that you're ultimately going to find that you dodged a bullet. So let's prioritize Michael Carter. Let's prioritize Latavius Murray. Let's put small bids in on Gus Edwards, Don Foreman, and Tyler Algier, just in case we get them. Um, starting with Gus Edwards, I do think that he's probably the top priority of the of the three, uh, followed by Foreman and, and then Algier. But uh, let's let's put you know bids in the neighborhood of five percent or less on those guys. And if we miss, you know, if we if we get them, it was worth the ad at that price, right? But if we miss, like I said, I think that we're probably dodging a bullet. Wide receivers. This one's a little bit easier. These to me these are all guys that you can trust going forward. Uh the tough the tough ones I'm going to start with Seattle where DK Metcalf suffers that ankle injury. Um haven't heard the extent of it just yet, how much time will be missed. Those high ankle sprains tend to be um, IR type of injuries where you're missing, you know, uh, you know, four weeks. So if that's what we're, if that's where we're headed with, uh, with DK Metcalf, then all of a sudden D Eskridge and Marquise Goodwin, both very usable D Eskridge ends up being the, uh, the second, uh, second most snaps, second most routes behind Tyler Lockett for the game. And, uh, most uh second most targeted, I believe too, but Marquise Goodwin, very involved, gets in the end zone and actually is the better, you know, big body option. Um kind of a better comp to DK Metcalf and better replacement for DK Metcalf. So I think both guys are are viable ads, particularly in deeper leagues, dynasty leagues. I think both of those guys are good ads for you. Um, I don't, I I wouldn't necessarily prioritize one over the other. Um, I mean, gun to my head, I guess it would be Marquise Goodwin, I think would be the guy that I would, uh, I would prioritize. Some easier ones to figure out though, DeAndre Carter, let's start with him. He ends up being uh, the, he runs the most routes, gets the most snaps. um, And then Mike Williams goes out with an injury that, looks like it's going to result in multiple missed weeks as well. You know, Keenan Allen coming back from injury his first week back, um, so he was on a little bit of a snap count. But uh, So, you know, we kind of plan on him taking over as the number one wide receiver for the Chargers, but DeAndre Carter's been number two pretty consistently all season. Josh Palmer also out right now, a little depleted at the running back position as well so DeAndre Carter in a very good position for the LA chargers Paris Campbell for the Indianapolis Colts meanwhile has been doing it all season he's he's just been more and more consistent over the last few weeks and it's to a point where I think that we need to prioritize him as well and then finally Wandale Robinson in his second game um ends up being uh Heavily targeted for the New York Giants, so these are all very good options. Actually, um, to a point where I think that you can probably mostly stay away from Seattle. I think those can be your your lower priorities because the rest of these guys are DeAndre Carter, Paris Campbell, Wandale Robinson, are absolute starters for you, uh, at least flex level starters with you know wide receiver two upside. So I think that you prioritize those guys and you can do it however you want. I think that, you know, I'm going to start with Wandale Robinson, um, Darius Slayton, a, another option as well, uh, getting pretty involved with the, uh, for the New York Giants, but it looks like Wandale Robinson is going to be their top wide receiver, going to be their top option. So I think I'd start with him. I think that, uh, DeAndre Carter and Paris Campbell are both right there. I think I would probably prioritize DeAndre Carter uh, just because we know more about the quarterback position uh, for the Chargers than we do. We don't know for sure what we're getting from Sam Ellinger and how, how much he's going to target Paris Campbell going forward. But uh, all startable options – I think if you ended up with Marquise Goodwin, he's probably startable in deeper leagues. And I think D. Eskridge, it, it's, it, it, it's a speculative ad at this point, but he very well could end up being startable for you as well. So the, the running backs are tough. The wide receivers are – It's a, it's a very good week for wide receivers off of waivers. Finally, a tight end, and again, the process at tight end has been pretty fluid. We've really kind of settled into all right. Here's some guys who you could pick up on waivers, and you know, with the the potential that they kind of take over that job for you. We're kind of looking; it's kind of looking that way with Greg Dulcich, for instance. Like he might be a set it and forget it tight end for the rest of the season. Um, and so we're going to continue to give you guys like that who you could potentially, you know, they at least have the the potential to give you enough of a floor that you just set it and forget it rather than streaming. But honestly, the, the guys that we talk about in next week, this week, it's generally going to be streamers. And those are the players that... uh are going to give you much more upside on a weekly basis. If you've got the stomach for streaming, I would just ignore these names and wait for next week, this week and look at those guys instead. But if you do want to just find a tight end, who's going to fix that position for you and allow you to set it and forget it. Harrison Bryant is a possibility from Cleveland with David Njoku going on IR for the next uh, four weeks. Harrison Bryant becomes the, uh, the, the primary tight end for Cleveland, Kate Otten for Tampa Bay, has he's kind of been there for a while now with Cameron Braid in and out of the lineup. Jawan Johnson, um, is going to be heavily targeted. Uh, he's going to be a waiver priority for a lot of people after the two touchdown performance. Um, he did in, in, he did have a, uh, uh, we had him on next week, this week uh, if going into week seven um, again, because of the streaming possibility. Well, he gets another good matchup this week. And um, so, you know, you could, if, if you did pick him up as a streamer going into week seven, I think that you can stick with him in week eight. And then finally, Brevin Jordan returns from injury um, leads the tight ends, for the uh, the Texans in snaps, routes, and targets, that could be a team that's looking at some changes heading into the trade deadline as well. So Brevin Jordan is a there, there's a possibility that he comes back and takes over that job to a point where you can trust him on a weekly basis. If that's how you choose to play the game, that is. <laughs> but for those who want to stream, Let's go to next week, this week, and I'll work backwards starting from the tight ends. Some streaming options. So the first one is Daniel Bellinger, and there's a big-time asterisk here. He gets that uh, that orbital bone um, injury that very well could keep him out for at least a week. Uh, and And we're just not totally sure yet. So we kind of have to monitor that for the time being. But the nice thing is... Again, next week, this week, meaning these are players that are not likely to be picked up off of waivers, and then you can wait and pick them up as a free agent. So you can wait and get the information on Daniel Bellinger. If he ends up playing, he's got the absolute best matchup for a tight end this week at Seattle. Irv Smith gets a second best matchup uh, at home against Arizona. Um, which is a team that Juwan Johnson just scored two touchdowns against, by the way. So, And then Ian Thomas gets the third-best matchup um, at Atlanta. So the Carolina Panthers tight end. Um, and it's, it's not a clear-cut situation between Ian Thomas and uh, Tommy Tremble, but uh, Ian Thomas has been... Uh, getting slightly more snaps and running slightly more routes. So uh, he would be the streamer this week. But I think that, you know, all things considered, when you talk, you know, injury, when you talk about situation, Irv Smith has been pretty consistently targeted. I think he's the streamer this week uh, in, the, in you know, the second best matchup possible um and then a you know a pretty consistent contributor to that offense anyways. So I think Irv Smith is the guy that you want to stream this week. Wide receivers, again, this is a it's a pretty strong group actually for next week this week, which ha- usually isn't the case. We usually don't see it coming, you know, to the extent that we do right now with these wide receivers. But Trent Sherfield has essentially taken over the third wide receiver role for the Miami Dolphins. Um, Cedric Wilson at this point is just kind of a, a non-factor. Trent Sherfield is basically locked that up. And like I said earlier with Mike Jasicki, now you've got an, a Miami offense with Tua back at quarterback, and you're operating at full strength. So Trent Sherfield's deeper leagues is going to be a, a flex level starter for you uh, in uh, in the better matchups. Sky Moore, somebody that we've been talking about dropping for the last several weeks. Kansas City's finally kind of working him in, trying to get him more involved. And it's come at the, uh, it, it's it's been Mecole Hardman whose workload has been uh, sacrificed um, to make more room for Sky Moore, but they're trying to work Sky Moore back in. He hasn't done anything just yet, but their their goal is to have him and Isaiah Pacheco take on a much bigger role for this offense going forward, and I think now's the time to buy in before it actually happens. And then, uh, finally, Braxton Berrios is the other wide receiver. New York Jets, so you Elijah Moore seems to be on his way out. Corey Davis with a knee injury um, doesn't sound too serious. But could at least limit his abilities on the field, if not keep him out. And obviously, Brees Hall goes down with an injury, and all of a sudden, you know, with the with the torn ACL out for the season, uh, that is. And all of a sudden, this New York Jets offense is really kind of lacking some firepower. And the way they chose to try and manufacture it, try and make up for it, was getting Braxton Barrios the ball close to the line of scrimmage. He even got two carries on jet sweeps. And this is how they've always used Braxton Barrios, but it's going to be a little bit more of a priority for them uh, to use him and and keep him involved, get the ball in his hands. Plus just the fact that they're trying to they're still trying to win with power football. Again, you know, high percentage uh, high percentage throws close to the line of scrimmage. This is all Braxton Berrios territory. Get, a, get him the ball in space. Let him make people miss. Let him uh, you know, open up the speed. So Braxton Berrios, I think, is going to be a, a, a very heavily involved piece of this offense going forward. At running back, we still have Ty Johnson on here. Um, although it looks like he's probably going to be the third running back for the New York Jets. Not necessarily even going to be active most weeks. But uh, in one injury to either Michael Carter and James Robinson and all of a sudden Ty Johnson is right back involved. Um, Marla Mack recently signed by Denver. T- kind of talked about what they're dealing with with Mike Boone now injured. Melvin Gordon is a trade candidate for them might even be cut. Um, it's he's he's an ineffective runner uh, at his best and at his worst he's a fumble machine. At this point Latavius Murray is the only running back that they can really trust and bringing in Marla Mack gives them a second option that very well could be uh, could get involved. Especially with an injury to Latavius Murray. I think all of a sudden you would see Marlon Mack taking over a starting role for Denver at some point. Um, Amir Abdullah and Zamir White both. And this is purely, purely like, you know, whether you buy into handcuffing your own running back, you want those guys on your roster in case Josh Jacobs were to go down. Or if you're into handcuffing other people's running backs. Go get either one of these guys, if not both, and uh, just be prepared for a Josh Jacobs injury. I'm not saying he's going to get injured. I'm just saying with the, uh, the amount of fantasy production that Josh Jacobs is providing right now, you want to be able to at least pick up a piece of that if he were to go down. And now, now would be the time to start uh, to add those guys and um, and get ready. You got that early bye week uh, to start the season for uh, for Josh Jacobs. You get that uh, that week six bye, and now he's supposed to play twelve straight games <laughs> without an injury at the most dangerous position, the most. Uh, the at the running back position where uh we see the most injuries and the most devastating injuries, it's a little bit of a house of cards, is all I'm saying. I uh I I'm just um uh, just preparing for the worst, hoping for the best with Josh Jacobs. And then finally, Baltimore running backs Justice Hill and Kenyon Drake. All right, let's talk about those guys and Gus Edwards. Talk about all of them together. So here's the thing. Last week, I talked about Kenyon Drake as a fade. I knew that people were going to run to waivers. They were going to see his 119-yard performance uh, and um, two touchdowns. At least one touchdown. Yeah, just one touchdown. Three splash plays, by the way. 30 yards, 30 yards, 21 yards. Um, one of those 30-yarders goes for the touchdown. I knew people were going to chase that. And I said it was bad process, and I was called arrogant <laughs> so, for saying that. And then it proved to be bad process. We know that Kenyon Drake is not the top option. Is If any one of these guys are healthy, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, all of those guys are ahead of Kenyon Drake on the depth chart. So it was bad process to pick up Kenyon Drake as if he was going to be the only running back available again. Like that's what you needed to happen. And it wasn't, it just wasn't in the cards. Justice Hill back from an injury. Gus Edwards makes his season debut and Gus Edwards ends up being the the lead back. So, you know, very predictably you get basically nothing from Kenyon Drake. Now he's gonna be dropped by the same people who ran to waivers to pick him up and now he becomes a next week this week stash (laughs) because the thing that I think that we can almost certainly count on with Gus Edwards at some point coming back from an ACL injury I uh, you know I I'm sure that they limited his workload for his season debut They're probably going to put a bigger workload on him Going forward And it's probably going to result in some Missed time Just the same, the exact same way that J.K. Dobbins Had that knee tighten up And had to be scoped Something like that is coming for Gus Edwards It's It's just way too difficult For a running back To come back within a year And Avoid injury You know, while they're still kind of testing and trying to develop some uh some security in the, the stability of that repaired knee, that surgically repaired knee. That's coming for Gus Edwards, unfortunately. And when that happens, Justice Hill is is their top option. Maybe J.K. Dobbins is back by then. Maybe he's not. Maybe you get kind of this this rotation um, they kind of take turns between Dobbins and Edwards. One of one of them's injured, the other one's active, and then when the other one comes back, then the other one gets injured. Maybe it's some type of of you know cycle like that. Justice Hill is still going to be certainly the passing downs back, and probably the the higher priority on early downs as well. But if both Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins were out. We're to miss time at the same time um, with those compensatory knee injuries. Compensatory injuries to the ACL, that is, Kenyon Drake becomes your most likely your early downs back. And that's where those 119 yard touch, you know, single touchdown performances come from. It it requires injuries to at least two of these guys. But you've got two guys in Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins who are more who who have a higher likelihood of missing time due to injury. So now's the time to stash those guys, especially in deeper dynasty leagues. Uh, you, you stash Justice Hill. You you stash Kenyon Drake because you know there's it, the most likely scenario is at some point they're going to have that role. What you don't want to do is react when they have a. You know When Kenyon Drake has that type of game, we don't want to chase that. We want to get ahead of that. We want to have him on roster when that happens so that we can take advantage of—because you're not going to get him in your lineup. You're probably not going to see it coming that he's going to be startable for a week. But what you will be able to do is you'll be able to benefit from those those boom games like he had in Week 7. Or in week six, I'm sorry, uh, you're going to be able to to capitalize on that by selling him when he's in that sell window. So that's that's kind of where I wish Swags was here too, to kind of push back on me on this because I'm kind of curious how people feel about this. And right now, I'm just I, I'm just a guy in a room with a microphone. It's this isn't a conversation. This is a monologue. So you know, I, I I certainly don't want to come across as quote unquote arrogant when it comes to this stuff. I just want to really refine our process and really look for most likely scenarios and, and uh prepare for those and capitalize on those. It's not meant to be arrogant, it's meant to be helpful, but uh sometimes, you know, when you're when you're saying something that flies in the face of, you know, what people really want to do. Yeah. It, it, it does come across as arrogant. So, (laughs) uh, it, and it upsets people more than anything. So that's, that's, that's the process. You don't have to take it obviously, but uh, that's the approach that I am taking to that Baltimore running game above all else I want I just want nothing to do with that backfield but if I was going to play uh, if I was going to play the the game you know using that backfield in any way I'm going to uh I'm going to fade whoever just had the big game essentially and and I'm going to, recognize that the deck is going to reshuffle every single week based on who's healthy and who's available. Let's talk about some players you can drop. Noah Fant, just drop him. He's, I don't even know that he's the lead tight end for the Seattle Seahawks at this point. It seems like they still prefer Will Disley after all this time. So yeah, Noah Fant is essentially worthless to you. in. Uh, most formats. I mean, I think in dynasty, you still got to hang on if you've got a deeper roster, but he's getting close to the end of your bench, even in a deep, uh, deep dynasty. Uh, AJ Dillon, this one's purely redraft, but at this point, AJ Dillon can be dropped. Um, getting fewer and fewer carries. I believe he got four carries this week. Um, and it, it's, it it was a, a, Fairly negative game script. And I think Green Bay is going to be facing a lot of those going forward. They've got actually a tougher schedule going forward. They haven't been good to start the season. And now the schedule only gets harder. Which is just going to mean more of Aaron Jones. And it's going to be less effective Aaron Jones as well. But he's the one who's involved in the passing game. And they're going to be in a lot of heavy passing game scripts. And then finally, A.J. Green, healthy and active. As this Arizona offense gets healthier, uh, they're less likely to use A.J. Green. It seems like they're going to try and work in Robbie Anderson as the outside receiver. Kind of mixed Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore around going back and forth between outside and the slot. Um, I think that you're going to see that stabilize. You get Hollywood Brown back in about a month. And all of this just leads to AJ Green being just not even an option for Arizona, uh, and probably a lot more uh, healthy scratches going forward. Some players have fade. <laughs> Sorry to uh, my guy Art Houston here, but Rashid Shahid, uh, another long touchdown. I'm fade, but I'm 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 fading the the workload. I'm fading. I'm really kind of fading all of these uh these New Orleans wide receivers with Chris Olave out, with Michael Thomas out, those guys due to return, and all of a sudden the opportunities just aren't there. But I'm also just not gonna chase splash plays like that anyways. Uh Tyler Boyd, two touchdowns. I mean, this one seems pretty easy and pretty obvious like he's going to be available on a lot of waivers especially in redraft leagues just don't even just leave him there that's where he belongs you know how how often are we going to see that type of opportunity available to Tyler Boyd when you've got Jamar Chase and T Higgins i just yeah it's 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 a very good i mean i you're probably in a sell window Like you know technically in a cell window if you already had Tyler Boyd like in a dynasty league the thing about those cell windows is if everybody sees it if everybody knows it and if everybody's on the same process because it's so obvious then it doesn't it's not really a cell window right like Everybody knows that Tyler Boyd is a sell high after a two-touchdown performance, which means you're probably not actually going to be able to sell him high. So just like you're not, you're probably not going to be able to buy low on Brees Hall right now in a dynasty league just because everybody sees it coming. That's the exact reason that it's not going to work. Um, and then finally, bailing on the season now is a fade for me. Now, I think that there are indicators, those indicators were probably there all along. If you weren't scoring many points to start the season, but you were still winning games by small margins against bad teams, you know, I think that that's that's something to consider. It, you could consider the strategy of bailing on the season, tanking, trying to get a higher draft pick. It's just going to be a lot harder to do it now. We talked all offseason here on the Super Show about the the very viable and likely optimal uh, strategy of guiding your team to the bottom. Tank, get the top overall pick. That draft pick is going to be worth quite a bit more. Plus, you've got better players, more foundational players coming in 2023 than what we saw in 2022 particularly at the quarterback position, which is just all time dreadful right now. And you've got, you know, you've got several college quarterbacks who are going to be eligible for the NFL draft, there were a lot of reasons to do it, but you really had to start before the season started. You really had to commit then. So if you do it now because of injuries, you've lost Brees Hall, you lost DK Metcalf, you've lost Mike Williams. You know you've you've lost Javante Williams at some point. You know you've you're you're starting to lose some of these guys to injuries, and now you're looking at just saying, "All right, I'm out." You know, let me just get out of the way of everybody else. There's not a whole lot to be gained because there are teams who have been t- that have been tanking from the beginning, who are f- way way ahead of you in the rebuild process now. So at this point, to me. You know, just because you lost a player or two, if you were scoring points uh, previously, I think that you just got to stick with it. I think you you maybe even take advantage of the fact that some of the teams in your league are going to be dropping out. They're going to be waving the white flag. Go buy some usable players from them. Get some of the win now players from them. Go get Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. You know, get Jonathan Taylor, buy low on him. Actually, I've got a few buys and holds for you that we can talk about in a minute. But uh, you know, players that can potentially help you uh, get to the playoffs, and then there's uh, I, I, there there isn't a clear cut path right now to winning a fantasy championship in 2022. Now I mean, if you've got Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, you're probably in the most favorable position right now. But I think that uh, just generally speaking, it's not like there's you know one one player or even one group of players who are just unbeatable right at the moment I think there's still a lot of ways to get this done and if your team is if your league has turned into a four-team league and everybody else is tanking everybody else is trying just trying to rebuild you know your odds of getting a championship are a lot greater and I think that there are a lot more ways to construct this roster the rest of the way to go get it done so I think there's actually an opportunity right now. There's going to be a lot of people, you know, jumping ship, bailing and and just bailing out and just saying, "Alright, I'm done." Like I said, wave the white flag. There's going to be a lot of that this week after all the injuries. And I think that it's going to create a uh the ability to um to increase your odds of getting a championship done. So I would I would mash the gas if anything. If, if But if you did take the advice and start with the, uh, the rebuild and, you know, guide that team to the bottom of your league, if you committed to that before the season started, I think you might be in an even better situation now because I think that we're going to see the values of draft picks just only go higher. So, of course, all of that is just... That's dynasty leagues. Redraft, I mean, we don't we don't bail on the season and rebuild in a redraft league. Like there's kind of no such thing. You're just you're just trying to compete. You're just trying to get better. So but in dynasty leagues, I think that there's an opportunity for those who had already committed to a down season and to tanking. And I think that there's an opportunity for those who stick with it. And commit to competing and contending. Players you can buy, or if you have them, I would hold them. Um, and again, this is there's there's some. This is gonna f- mainly focus on redraft, but these are some names to consider if you are gonna try and compete this year. For the most part, so Brandon Cooks is it, actually. Let me let me get a few of these out there. Brandon Cooks, Kareem Hunt, Jerry Judy. Those are three players who we're going to hear a lot about with the trade deadline coming up later this week. Those are all going to be you know targets for contending NFL teams and there could be better situations available to all of those guys. Brandon Cooks, I mean we're just kind of looking for a little bit of a quarterback upgrade. There's not much of a you know not not much else that we could ask for from his situation, but we would just like a little bit better quarterback play. Kareem Hunt, though, has been completely overshadowed by Nick Chubb at this point so far this season. Uh, And Jerry Judy, I mean, the the quarterback situation is bad. The offense is bad. The play calling is bad. Um, There's just a lot of ways that we could get an upgrade from Jerry Judy. Uh, Rashad White, not a trade target um, in real life, but very well could be and probably should be in fantasy football. As he takes on more and more of a workload, he's getting closer and closer to taking over that job from Leonard Fournette. Drake London, um, certainly in dynasty and probably in redraft too. Uh, is, uh, his, has had some very tough matchups the last few weeks, but it lightens up quite a bit for Drake London going forward. And then finally, Jonathan Taylor, um, finally healthy, you know, you bring in the, the young quarterback, Sam Ellinger, it likely means a, a more of a commitment to the run. I think that the wide receivers are going to be fine. I think Pittman Pierce Campbell, I think those guys are all fine. This is going to be a heavy Jonathan Taylor uh, offense the rest of the season, and then finally some players you can sell, Ezekiel Elliott. Like it, it, two touchdowns. It's not just, it's not just a fade. It's not just fade that. Like this is this really is a good time to sell Ezekiel Elliott because there's there're going to be a lot of people who look at the stat line. And say, "Oh, it's Zeke of old! Finally, we got Dak Prescott back. This offense is at full strength. Now we're going to get the best of Ezekiel Elliott again." No, that's not that. That's not the case. They're also going to see him hurtling defenders, and totally miss the part where old man Elliott jumps over a defender, picks up about you know what, twelve yards, thirteen yards on the run. And then limps off the field after that. That's that's not he's he's he should not be hurtling defenders anymore. It it just it, it leads to he gets that if he's like me, like when I'm walking up the stairs after I do something at all athletic, and my my knee is just popping the whole way up, sounds like bubble wrap. Like that's where Ezekiel Elliott's at. I'm older than Ezekiel Elliott, but you know by a good ten years or more. But in terms of the life of a running back, the career expectancy of a running back, Ezekiel Elliott is about sixty years old in running back years. So he, he that that move was a difficult one for him. I I, I and and you could just see it at the end of the play when he just gets up limping and <laughs> raising his hand get me out of here <laughs> i need to come off for a minute you know so yeah this it was it was a very good matchup against the Detroit Lions it ended up being a very good game script for the running game both guys looked great zeke looked great tony pollard looked great this is a, that's the best you're ever going to get from Ezekiel Elliott again and now would be the time to sell even if you're not able to get a huge value boost out of him right now is basically going to be max value for the rest of Ezekiel Elliott's career finally Debo Samuel I'm going to sell and I love Debo it's just you a, a big part of his role for the San Francisco 49ers. A big part of his fantasy production comes from running the football. And now you've got, you know, with Christian McCaffrey in that backfield, those are the type of quality touches that you want to take away from Debo Samuel and give to Christian McCaffrey. Debo Samuel in the offseason said that that's what he wanted. He didn't want to run the ball as much. They signed him to the contract and all of a sudden he's fine with it. But, the reality is he doesn't want to run the ball. He wants to be a, you know, split out wide and run a route, get the ball, catch the ball downfield type of player. That's what he wants. And now you've got a running back in Christian McCaffrey who takes over, you know, what you were trying to get from Debo Samuel. You didn't have that before. You didn't have the versatility at running back before especially with Elijah Mitchell out, you really just kind of had straight ahead runners like like Jeff Wilson. you know, but now you get an offensive weapon similar to what you got what you had with Debo Samuel, but somebody who lines up in the backfield every single play. So I think Christian McCaffrey really kind of consolidates what they've been trying to do with the running game, and that includes, What Debo Samuel has provided. And I think that that means essentially. That we see Christian McCaffrey take over. The the running duties. That Debo Samuel had before. So there you go. There's your standard operating procedures for week 8. Still not as short as I intended. Somehow I managed to talk for an entire hour. I don't know how that happened. Even without Swags here. I still can't keep these things brief. But. All that's left is for you to go and execute.